Welcome to another episode of Dragon Talk. I am Greg Tito, and I'm here for the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I apologize, uh, but uh, Shelly is not able to join me for this recording. Um, but that's okay, because we had a lot of people come in and talk to us about Reality RP, uh, which is a amazing, or hopefully amazing, it will be uh, soon, um, combination of several different types of games that we will be uh, showing off during D&D Live 2020 Roll with Advantage. It's going to be exciting. You'll find all about it from these amazing designers, uh, including Ryan Omega, Elisa Teague, Sharang Biswas, and Mink Et. Uh, David Harmon also contributed to the game. He was unable to join us because he's calling, uh, well, he lives in Australia, and uh, we were not able to work at all out with scheduling because of time zones, which we get into a little bit during our interview. Um, but it is very fascinating. Reality RP is... Uh, as I said, a combination of deductive role play uh, like Werewolf or uh, Mafia games, if you've played anything like that, um, as well as reality TV. Uh, the game design behind uh, shows you might have seen, such as The Circle or Survivor, um, and be, it's all being played online using social media, uh, so Instagram as well as uh, being able to converse with people on Discord uh, will be a big part of playing Reality RP at home. Uh, and then we have 10 cast members, uh, some of which we give intros to during the interview, uh, which are pretty exciting as well. And they are going to be posting their videos uh, on Instagram as their character uh, throughout um, D&D Live 2020, starting on June 18th and going to June 20th. Uh, so we'll go into more of that. But one couple of things I want to tell you about before we get to our segment... Uh, with Kate Welch, we do another random character generator, is that D&D Live 2020 is happening very soon, uh, June 18th, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. The amount of information that you will get uh, early on in that programming is going to be amazing. I can't wait. I've been really trying not to spoil anything, and it's very difficult, but you are all going to get a uh, a big kick out of what we talk about uh, during that promotion, you'll be able to watch live uh, on twitch.tv slash dnd as well as on YouTube uh, streaming. Uh, but you can find out everything about DD Live at dungeonsanddragons.com uh, or more specifically, uh, uh, wizards.dnd uh, or no, dnd.wizards.com slash dnd live 2020. We've got amazing people playing Dungeons and Dragons throughout the entire event, uh, including, but not limited to, uh, folks you might have seen before, like Deborah Ann Wall or um, uh, Matthew Lillard, uh, as well as some newcomers, including uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things, as well as Thomas Middleditch. Uh, they will be playing uh, Brett Gelman, uh, who also appeared in Stranger Things, but is in so many other uh uh, movies that you're like, oh, I recognize that guy. Uh, Janina Gavinkar will be joining Deborah Ann Wall in her game. Brian Pasein, who we've uh, shown on D&D Lives in the past, but will be joining a table of comedians. Uh, Karen Gillen and Palm Clementif uh, will be joining uh, a, a Heroes game, Lost Odyssey Heroes. Uh, there will also be an entire table of WWE superstars playing Dungeons & Dragons together with Jeremy Crawford as the 
Um, uh, Dungeon Master, who I refer to in our press release as the Beefcake Destroyer. Very excited that that phrase made it into an official press release somewhere. Uh, and uh, Martin Starr uh, is also going to be joining. Uh, so I, there's even more news coming out uh, beyond that, but I don't want to spoil everything here. Again, go to uh, DungeonsDragons.com to find out all the information about D&D Live, and all of it is in support of a really, really good cause. Uh, Red Nose Day is a fantastic charity. They do great work uh, here in the United States as well as around the world. And they are helping kids uh, through tough times is basically their their um, mission statement. And that goes for those of us who are affected by uh, the quarantine as well as uh, COVID-19 and not to mention uh, folks who are um, uh, dealing with uh, injustice in the world uh, through uh, what's happening all over. So uh, your contributions to Red Nose Day will go to help uh, children all around the world, and we are proud to partner with them for D&D Live. You'll have a couple of things that you can do to support them, including purchasing a T-shirt that has a snowy owlbear on the front of it, uh, with a red nose, uh, very cool, um, and a wonderful design by Emmy Tanji. You can purchase that right now uh, in support of Red Nose Day. There's also an adventure called Return to the Glory uh, that is downloadable right now from Dungeon Masters Guild. Uh, your contribution uh, to that will also go all directly to Red Nose Day. And then during the event itself, you'll be able to sign up for D&D Adventurers League games as well as interact with the map layer, which we go into some detail on during the adventure. Um, so yeah, you'll donate uh, 10 dollars to red nose day in order to make that happen awesome i'm very excited about all the things that are going on for DD live 2020 rolls advantage and uh well as i said we have more details about the reality rp game coming in our interview with our narrative designers coming up after this so without further discussion and monologuing by me i'm gonna allow us to go to talk to kate welch for a random character generator let's do it Welcome to another segment of Scottish Random Character <laughs> Generator. I think I put you in the accent. <laughs> you did. Just the, I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, Greg, let's do it. It's you and Chris Lindsay <laughs> who always makes me do it. <laughs> Welcome, Kate Welch. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, Greg Tito? I'm barely holding it together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive. My heart's beating. I got all my limbs. It's it's a good and uh, we get to talk about D and D today, which yes. does make me happy. Uh, and uh, you know, forget the darkness out there for a little while, and hopefully, we get to do that for those of you out there. Um, with this segment, in which we roll up a random character of third level on D and D Beyond, pressing that random character button, and then based on what pops up, Kate and I are able to put together. And a fascinating backstory for that character uh, that you can use or just uh, listen to for uh, your, your, your fun and edification, uh, like all these segments. So, Kate, are you ready? I'm ready. Your body oh, is got. ready. Uh, we will roll this up right about now. Ooh. All right. Uh, let us go to that uh, so you all can see it. We have... Nisani Miggledy. Nisani Miggledy. 
a forest gnome. We're starting. We're starting with the voice. <laughs> starting with the voice. I love it. Uh, Nasani Miggledy. Nasani Miggledy is a lady for sure. Clearly, yes, absolutely. Um, the, this is a. She's a forest gnome, a level three bird. Yes. Okay. Really right. good stats for have, one of our characters. Wow. Yeah, is is Int a good stat for a bard? I guess is that is that her her spellcasting ability? Uh, no, it's charisma. No, it's charisma. Yeah. It's <laughs> like hmm. But man, a nineteen. Well, I, I, well, I guess that's from the racial bonus from uh from Forest Gnome. So that's why it's from it's Forest up that Gnome. High. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So. Yeah, gnome cunning. She has advantage on all intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws against magic, which is that good. Is good. Uh, as well as, um, gosh, high strength. I'm still going. I'm still. <laughs> She's really strong and really really smart. smart. And why? Okay, why? <laughs> why? Okay. Just number one, why? So strong, so smart. Why waste it being a bard? <laughs> Wait, wait, I'm sensing some anti-bard. No, I love bard. I love bards, but they are charismatic ding-dongs. That is is the name of the game. They are little noodly-armed charismatic ding-dongs. And this is a a strong, smart woman who who don't need nobody. And yet, and yet, here she is. And yet. Here she is. Yes. She's She's got proficiencies. In, she's got half proficiencies in everything. Right, so she must have the jack of all trades. She has jack, jack of all trades. So with that, you can add half your proficiency bonus rounded down. So she gets plus one to everything. But in, in addition, she's she is proficient, full proficient in perception, medicine, mm. deception, and athletics. Out of all of those, athletics is really the only one that she's got the, the good stat for. Two. It's true. Which is odd. It's true. I mean, not like plus two for wisdom is bad, but you know, most of those are uh, not necessarily the thing that you would you would pick, right? If she's intelligent, oh, no. you think she would have a you know a history proficiency or or arcana. I think okay. I think she might be a snake oil salesman. Here's why. Okay. I think that she's proficient, and this this covers medicine, perception, and deception. Um, we will have to figure out why she's so proficient in athletics. Maybe it's for uh, wrestling guards when she inevitably gets arrested in villages. But as a bard, she's a natural performer. Her charisma is pretty low. She's only got a plus one. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a minus to anything. So she's she's pretty well-rounded. She's very strong. She's very intelligent. So what she has decided to do is to use her proficiencies to not only become deceitful, but also have bonuses to medicine and perception. So I think, here's my theory. Well, wait, before, I, be- think this, before, I just want to make ahead. sure you integrate this before you get this going. Her background is sailor, which might throw, okay. or might throw what you were about <laughs> to say for a loop. So I just want to make sure you're, you're, you're bringing that in. No. Okay. All right. No, this is all good. All right. Okay. So uh, this this applies whether it's on the high seas or not. All right. I think that Nasani, and we'll work the high seas in. Nasani Miggledy gets aboard as the they what do they call it on the on a ship? The surgeon is the, is the name for the doctor the on, a, on a ship. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the sea urgeon. <laughs> um, they they uh, so N- Nasani has uh, a, a history of enlisting as 
the the members members on a ship um, as as part of the crew as the, the ship surgeon, and she is actually very effective. She's got a plus four to medicine. She's not a bad surgeon, right. um, but she uses that expertise and that background to like hoodwink people. And I don't, I, I, I suspect she does her job as a doctor, but she's running a side hustle as a bard, like performing miracle cures mm. whenever she is aboard a ship or, or um, I think especially when they dock as a, as whenever, whenever they, they dock and they take time on land, she has no connection to anybody on at those towns. She's, these are all strangers. And this is actually where she makes most of her money is using her skills in medicine and deception and perception to figure out like, I'm going to get the lay of the land here, figure out what plagues this particular group of people. I'm going to produce the magical cure and sell it to them at an exorbitant price from across the, the the exotic seas, all of the places that I've been, all of the travels that I'm doing. Look, look at my healthy crew. I keep them all safe and sound with with Nasani Miggledy's uh, Wiggledy Piggledy. <laughs> the Wiggledy Piggledy <laughs> Nasani Miggledy's. I love that. And her spells actually... Uh, can back that up a little bit, especially this uh, second level enthrall spell that she has, uh, which, you know, is a, just a beefed up charm spell. Uh, uh, and you know, you might even say, uh, she uses silent image to, you know, and minor illusion, which is part of her, um, you know, background as being a gnome, uh, to, to, uh, bring about what she's talking about. Right. And then maybe even sleep. She can even be like, all right, I'm going to, you know, healing power. And like, she can make people go to sleep. Uh, uh, and prove that her snake oil is working. Yes. Okay. So maybe that's she uses her magic um, to help people go to sleep, especially if that's the problem. It's like insomnia; they can't they can't rest for whatever right. reason. Um, she uses this nonsense placebo, and then she'll use her magic to actually cast sleep. And she leaves a trail. She's got um, uh, what else does she have? She has enthrall. She has phantasmal force. Yeah. That's the one I was just looking uh, at. So she can. So she's she's a super illusionist bard. She is she is making things happen. She might even. Oh my gosh, this gives her a little bit of a chaotic evil bent to her. But maybe you know, maybe it's harmless. Maybe when she goes uh, ashore and she's in these towns, she uses her illusion magic to make people unable to sleep. <sighs> like she uses. Oh. <laughs> She uses her illusions to give people nightmares. And then she sells them on Nasani Miggledy's Wiggledy Piggledy in order to help them sleep. Wow. It is it is a soup to nuts con that she runs. Um, but but to to her credit, all of her shipmates are all attesting to how great they sleep. They take the, the wiggledy piggledy. They are totally fine. Um, they've never slept better in their lives because, of course, she's casting sleep on them all the time. Um, and, yeah, if if, uh, if the minor illusions don't give them nightmares, she also has thunderclap. Everyone's so she can literally just keep people awake. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Rattle the buildings in order to keep people awake. Oh my gosh, um, and like then, that. yeah, she's she's able to if she ever gets called out on her scam, which I don't think happens super often, um, she can use vicious mockery. Uh, she was laced with subtle enchantments 
in order to cause psychic damage and cause disadvantage during combat. So she might even she uh, she could she could use vicious mockery to be like, look, you you uh, you haven't even gotten enough rest to fight me. If you'd been taking wieldy piggledy, perhaps you wouldn't have such a problem. And then they they take psychic damage right away. So they're like, oh, I'm so tired. And then they have disadvantage because they're swinging and they can't quite get her because they're so tired because they're the one who didn't take the wiggledy-piggledy and they're, they're just so oh. sleepy. I, I love all of that for sure. Um, uh, I actually lost the, the video signal here for a second, so I'm going to work on that for a second. So keep keep going. Oh, I'm going to keep going. going. Uh, keep going. Spellcasting. So here's some other ways that she keeps people awake. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just keeps is, talking. She has, uh, her, one of her proficiencies is in the bagpipes. Oh. Which, as we know, is a very discomfitting instrument. It uh, is my um, my fiance's aunt has picked up the bagpipes in real life because her neighbors built an addition to their house that blocked some of her view, and so as revenge, she took up the bagpipes and plays them outside, and has become very good at the bagpipes, and now participates in like nationwide competitions and and uh, conventions for, for bagpiping. And so um, bagpipes are a peace-disturbing instrument, which is great. They really are. Uh, the dulcimer, on the other hand, very soothing. That's one of uh, Nisani Miggledy's other piggledies. She's, she's very pr- proficient with a dulcimer. But I think a dulcimer can help her with the opposite effect, that like soup to nuts con job that she's right. running. The dulcimer can help soothe people to sleep. As as she's she's playing her dulcimer, she is a bard. She is not great at performance or persuasion, but deception she's got she's got uh, nailed down. So at when she is about to cast, maybe it's part of her somatic component mm. to her particular kind of spell casting is the act of playing an instrument uh the the mesmerizing performance of this dulcimer recital is is what lulls people to that feeling of of sleepiness and um it of course goes with a healthy dose of nasani Mikkeldy's wiggledy piggledy <laughs> which i'm just gonna keep, just saying. keep saying it right as soon as it it, it got into your head. You're like, this is just her going to be her shtick, I think, the whole time. Oh, and how about this for backing this yes. up? Check this out. Song of Rest is another one she has. If you or any friendly creatures who can hear your performance regain hit points at the end of the short rest by spending one or more hit dice, each of those creatures regains an extra 1d6. So even if, if you, she doesn't cast the sleep on you, her Song of Rest makes you feel rejuvenated. Mm. Um, so she's just... She's running. She's running the long game here. That is really cool. And then she's also got a College of Valor. Uh, it's her Bard College. I saw that. Yeah. So I believe I that just means she's a little bit more about, about um, uh, you know, hand to hand fighting than a lot of the other bards that you may know or experience. Hmm. So that's another thing that combined with her super high strength and her athletic ability, that's a piece of the puzzle because that that is one of her highest stats is athletics. Um, she's also super, she's not proficient in it, but she's very talented. She's got a plus five in arcana, investigation and nature and religion. So these, it's almost like, it's almost like these are aspects of a, of a previous life. Mm. Like she's, she used to be, she used to train in these things. Maybe she was, she was on course to be like a, like a court doctor 
or something. She oh, okay. she had she was she was taking training in religion and nature and arcana. Perhaps she was she was even on on the path to be a druid or or some some more uh, some more respectable form of healer. And then something happened. Something something twisted her story and and made her take more of a of a skeezy path. Mm. Yeah, I like that makes total sense. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. She's like the only thing that she gets at third level is that uh, you can inspire others in battle with uh, with your bardic inspiration. Right. The combat inspiration. Yeah. Right, right. Right. But then eventually, yeah, she'll be able to do uh, a lot more, you know, battle magic as well as uh, uh, being able to attack once or twice. So yeah, th- I like that that she that was the the deal that she was being trained uh, for something bigger and better. Um, and yeah. do you think she, she's like, you know what, I'd rather, I had this side hustle of, of doing, uh, the higgle de piggledy and then did you get kicked out of college and then went on a, a ship? Yeah. Maybe she broke bad. Mm. Maybe Nasani Miggledy's wiggledy piggledy is the like placebo version of breaking bad. Like she's, she, she was trying she was trying to create something that was that was useful, but she's not a potion master, and she uh, she's never been she's never been super great. She's good at arcana, she's good at nature, but maybe maybe there was just this one potion that she was trying to create that she, that kept eluding mm. her, and she wasn't able to to make it. Or or how about this? What if Nasani Miggledy's Wiggledy Piggledy is a hyper effective potion, just not for what she says it's for? Oh, what do you think? What do you think it does? Well, in that case, if it got her kicked out of med school, then it probably does something pretty dark. So we're talking like commuting with demons or um, sending someone's soul to. A particular devil when they die, or uh, uh, gaining, giving giving some charismatic leader more of an advantage over the people, mm. um, pre, predisposing like she's she's laying tracks for someone to come in and just like really easily conquer all of the towns that that she visits because of the the way that this potion works kind of changes their brain chemistry or something. Um, all right, yeah, something something dark. Something something deeply unethical, where a board, a review board at Forest Gnome Med School would have totally kicked her out once they found out that she was doing this. Um, and uh, so, even though she was at, uh, med, you know, what you're calling med school, uh, that she was getting everything she needed for the College of Valor, like she was still able to to train with weapons and 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 you know have have a uh, uh, what is the the armor proficiencies and weapon proficiencies that bards don't normally get that's what you get from getting uh, college of valor too so so yeah maybe she was training to be a combat medic oh, okay that makes sense so she took she took all of these classes she's really well rounded she's 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 got nothing below a plus 2 i know um for for a third level she's <laughs> her stats are nuts um but she's She's just uh, she's just taking a weird turn what if I also, from from combat. I day. mean, maybe this is too autobiographical. But what if there was like this like sense that she was not the chosen one, but like that that there was 
that was like, oh, this, she's going to do great things. Uh, she's going to be the one who's going to leave the forest gnome community and be accepted by, you know, a, a, a larger group. And like maybe even the College of Valor or the combat medic that she was going to be for was not of her people, but was of a, uh, a prestigious honor, like a Rhodes Scholar or something like that. But instead yeah. of, ha- you, know, of, of you know, dealing with that pressure and, and succeeding from it, she actually went darker and broke bad uh, instead of... Yeah. yeah. Because you're right, she's so like well-rounded and good. She's so well-rounded. Rounded. The forest gnomes probably had great faith in her, but it is really unusual. She's proficient in water vehicles and navigator's tools um, as well. Sailor, yeah. So, yeah, she's because of the sailor background. So what would cause a forest gnome to take up sailing? You know, it's it reminds me a little bit of like Moana. Like her her village was probably like, no, we don't, we don't go out on the water. That's not what we do. But this, but Nasani Migali was so enchanted by it. Like she was, she was drawn to it for reasons that she didn't know. So maybe not only was she she training to be a combat medic, in probably in a city that was devoid of most other forest gnomes. I think she was an outlier. Mm-hmm. She probably got bullied and you know made fun of for being like a little for a little little country gnome here, in big city folk. Um, but she. She was n- not only training for combat medic, but she wanted to be a naval medic. Like she wanted to go out with the king's Ooh. navy and and serve aboard the ships. And maybe that just like something no one no one took her seriously. She decided that the only way to get anyone's respect was to invent something that would get everyone's attention. You know that that could uh, if if she were to pack her her vials of wiggledy piggledy up and take them with her that she would be famous everywhere she went. Um, and that, you know, it is only, she's only third level. I think this is the beginning of a story for her. She's not, she's not irrecoverably turned to a dark path, but this is an interesting fork in the road for mm. her. She's taken, she's taken the easy way and it is, it is easy for her. Cause she is smart. She's able to uh, con people and still do her job and still be effective, but but also make this name for herself using this this illegitimate set of skills that she has, um, and and it's it's serving her purpose. Like she is becoming well known. Nasani Miggledy's Wiggledy Piggledy is is making its way, and so now she has to confront whether or not she's comfortable with what this potion does giving her the fame that she wants, or is it something that she's going to turn away from and reject as she levels up and, and gets more experience out in the world, out on these ships, out in these towns, these coastal towns. Um, maybe she's about to run into another monarch from a, from a neighboring town and realize that this, the monarch that she's been serving as this naval medic, um, maybe they're, motivations aren't as pure and understandable as she thought. And she starts to, she starts to have that conflict within herself of like, whose side am I on? Why have I been doing this? Maybe she was even identified by the King or the King's advisors as someone who's, who's wiggly piggledy was going to be able to convert the townsfolk for, for an easy conquest. Um, And so once she realizes that the, that evil is not good and evil are not absolutes, she is, uh, she's about to be confronted with some some interesting moral and ethical choices in her adventuring career. All right. Uh, here's a question. 
I, I'm, and I, I don't have a clear picture on this, so that's why I need your input, is, is she currently on a small boat in which she's the captain and she, it's almost like a, um, the snake oil salesman who's got his wagon and he goes from town to town. Is she doing it in a small boat or is she a crew member on a larger boat that has some legitimate things, maybe does piracy also, maybe, you know, gets to a port and, you know, sends her to make some money. Like, where are you seeing her as far as what kind of ocean traveling vessel is she on? Well, I think she's on a big one. I think she's part of a big crew because I think she is very specialized as the ship surgeon. Okay. So she's not the captain. I don't even know if she wants to be. However, what what I like about your question about piracy was that um, if I if I remember correctly, the difference between pirates and privateers was just the king's charter, right? right? Like they were essentially doing the same thing. One of them was just authorized to do so by by the authorities. So I think that she's a privateer. I think that this right. this king or queen or monarch, whoever it is, has a has has a a fleet of privateering vessels. She is essentially an official pirate. And so maybe that is part of why her moral code is somewhere in the gray area is because she's, she's doing crime, but she's just doing it with the, the signed writ of approval from her monarch. So yeah. And she might be in a, in a, uh, an area that's got like a lot of smaller city States that are warring against each other. And so what she's doing is being, even though she's not leaving the general region of, where the the king that gave her this writ, what she's doing is making sure to target the king's enemies. Yes, yeah, and I think that one of the things, one of the ways she could slot into an adventure really easily is um, the a, a simple quest about uh, townsfolk being troubled by strange noises or illusions um, that that hallucinations. They wouldn't know there would but hallucinations in the night that keep them from sleeping. And they've heard of, of, of a magic potion from a nearby town that people have, have said will help. It's like a, uh, an incredible sleeping draft, like works 100% of the time. And they're, they ask the adventurers to go find out more about that sleeping potion. And that's how, that's how that the, your, your player group might meet Nasani Miggledy and pick up a bottle of her Wiggledy Piggledy. But but now you have this the, this very complex set of motivations that that get you to you know what what is what is powering Nasani Miggledy and why why is she doing what she does and she's she's a, she's a really interesting character for ongoing quests I think as especially as her her moral roller coaster goes up and down. I love that. I love that. I mean, I was uh, thinking of her more as an adventurer than a lot of her other random character generators oh, yeah. because yeah. of everything that she's got going on for her. Um, but the way you just set it up is a great way to introduce her as a P- NPC too, so that you know maybe she can be recruited into the party or or you know becomes like a recurring um, uh, party member for things that totally. are necessary yeah. when you need someone to have some deception and some illusion magic, you know, or even just the the very you know, all right, well, this higgledy piggledy is great against these people, but we actually need you to use it against these people, uh, right? You know, yeah, for, for, then for you got to talk her into it, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, what do you think she looks like? Um, well, little forest gnomes, they're like two and a half feet or so, uh, is, is about as tall as they get. Um, they are th- at most 30 pounds, um, long hair. Their skin is an earthy color, like, uh, like the bark of a tree, not particularly tough, like, like tree bark, but that same color. Right. Um, forest gnome hair is brown or black 
and they live for centuries. That 400 is the average lifespan. So she's, I think she's got, in, in my head, she's got um, straight black hair, um, and she wears it in like a, a very no-nonsense, like low ponytail or something, not, not unlike my current hairstyle. But because she's, she's constantly on ships, right? She wouldn't want it blowing in her face. So she's, she's very practical, and she doesn't want it dangling in the wounds of the people that she's, she's healing either. So yeah, I think, I think she's, she's very, very straight black hair, pulled back um, into, into a nice little bun. She's young, you know, she's only third level. And I think that she's, she's figuring out a lot that there is about the world. Um, she's, she's a, a member of a race that is a very, very unusual to find outside of a forest. So she's had to deal with a lot of like very curious eyeballs and a lot of probing questions. And, um, so, so she's, she's maybe a little tired of that already. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think she's otherwise super, super notable. Um, she might have like, uh, let's see, she's, I, I don't know if, if they grow leaves. I don't think they actually grow leaves out of their bodies, but I, I suspect that a lot of her clothing is a cloth, of course, because she's a bard, even though she's College of Valor. I think that the, a lot of the pieces of her clothing are inspired by trees so she's got she's got um even if it's not made out of it a doublet that looks like a, like a like barded leaves and and a pauldron that looks like it could be like the bark of a tree real thick and gnarly and old all right so she's leaning into her her uh um ancestry uh yeah that she's she's departed from them um and she's not a she's she's more of a no-nonsense showman in that she's not the flashy uh, you know, come see my higgledy piggledy. She's just like, oh, you've got something going on. Mm-hmm. I can fix it, and she doesn't have to worry about the song and dance part of it so much. Yeah. So the okay. other thing, the other ability that she has that we haven't really talked about is that she can speak with, speak with small animals. I saw that. So I don't know how that how that figures into this story that we've woven, except that it's just awesome to talk to animals, and everyone should do it all the time. <laughs> Maybe uh, she, um, you know, uh, has. Uh, an affinity to seabirds and things like that. And Ooh, so she's able to kind of yeah. use them as scouts to find out where the next settle- settlement is and, and and that type of thing. Yeah, I love it. I love that. That's really cool. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, she doesn't have a, a familiar or, or someone who's like a constant friend, but she definitely uses her uh, ability to speak with them in order to uh, find the next targets and, you know, maybe even some people who are doing evil things and maybe she targets them or, you know, vice versa. Yeah. I, I imagine seabirds would be a very good source of commotion to keep people awake at night too. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> not even just seabirds, but all birds. I've all got birds. Some, I've got some very <laughs> loud crows and uh, jackdaws in my neck of the woods oh, yeah. who just are just the same. You know, never stopping. All right. Well, Nasani Miggledy, uh, are you ready to sum her up? Go for it. All right, so uh, she was a forest gnome that was blessed with amazing abilities uh, from from the get-go. She knew that she was going to have uh, a life of adventure and uh, uh, you know valor, and so her community of forest gnomes sent her off to uh, the nearby city, which she trained uh, to become a... a not necessarily a sea medic at that time, but she was uh, in the war college, let's call it. And then she was able to learn uh, a little bit more about uh, how to um, 
uh, fight as well as wear uh, different types of armor. Uh, that's where her skills in athletics probably came about as well as her uh, affinity for medicine. But she also learned that uh, she was able to deceive people uh, somewhat easier than a lot of the other people, uh, a lot of her other cadets uh, in this. And she was... Uh, unhappy that she was n- unable to create potions in her potions class that did what the teacher had wanted, uh, but she created something that she called uh, Higgledy Piggledy to rhyme with Nasani Miggledy. Um, she she seeks fame for it, right? Like yes. she wants to be she wants to be powerful and well known, and and it's hard for a forest gnome, so she had to like stand out, and she knew that the name would be memorable. Hey. She knew about branding. She really understood. Uh, <laughs> she definitely did. Always be branding. And uh, I'm not sure what the in- inciting incident was for her to be tossed out of the college, but maybe it was her insistence upon making more of this product uh, and selling it outside of the, the walls of her college. And perhaps that mm-hmm. was why she was uh, asked to leave, if not kicked out uh, more forcibly. Uh, and she took up with a privateering vessel uh, and it was soon found that she was able to earn a lot more money than the uh, common piracy or robbery that the uh, pirates were doing by going into new settlements and selling uh, uh, Nasani Miggledy's Higgledy Piggledy. Uh, and then she also realized uh, she could cause a lot of the things that uh, could be cured by this special potion by using her spells. Maybe she didn't even realize that they were spells at the time, but that that she was able to uh, conjure these effects and allow people to want her cure-all for them. Uh, And she uses them to great effect, uh, even sleep and and things like that that, you know, are usually used in combat. She was using it more for showmanship and was able to sell a lot of uh, Nasani Miggledy's Higgledy Piggledy. Um, And then uh, the privateering vessel that she was on was actually um, you know, given a writ to explore farther out than they had been in the past. Don't bother our our city or town. Go to uh, those other towns around. Um, and uh, she can be used as an NPC or a player character. She's a little bit no-nonsense. She definitely looks the part of a forest gnome and, and embraces that part of her uh, heritage uh, in her dress. Uh, and she's got a Scottish action. <laughs> Throw that in for flavor. Yeah, right. That's where we started from, and I and I think it's it's pretty much uh, you know got to be spot on, right? Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love her. She's perfect. I really do like Nasani Miggledy. Uh, I'm impressed that her her stats are as good as they are for our random yeah. character, and uh, that's a pretty good uh, character that I would want to play with. Woohoo! Thanks a lot, Kate. Yay! Random character generator. Awesome. We done it. We did it. I will send this uh, link out and put it in the show notes. So if anybody wants to use this character in the background that we came up with, you are welcome to do so. And uh, thanks to D&D Beyond for having this random character uh, function on their website. It's one of my favorite things about it. And uh, Kate, how can people ask you about what Nasani Miggledy Piggledies taste like? You can talk to me on Instagram. My uh, handle is Kate Well Cha 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 with four H's. What about you, Greg? I am at Greg Tito, and I can't wait to recruit uh, Nasani Miggledy's, uh, and especially just drink some of her Higgledy Piggledy. Uh, oh yeah, I, I imagine it tastes pretty good. Goes down smooth. Goes down smooth. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm gonna go drink some of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> plan it's friday baby it's friday all right thank you so much kate and uh thanks everybody we'll be back with some more DD fun stuff next week
I would love to play with Naisani Megudi, Hegudi, Pegudi. And I can't wait for those of you to do it. Thank you to Kate for joining us for that. Always inspiring to form a character together uh, on Random Character Generator. Super fun. All right, let us now turn to our interview with four amazing narrative designers working on Reality RP for D&D Live 2020. Roll with advantage, all starting on June 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Set your calendars, but then also let's go listen in on this interview. Welcome, everyone, to Dragon Talk. I am very excited to have these four amazing uh, narrative designers joining on this special edition of Dragon Talk. Uh, I will let's go around the horn and have everybody introduce themselves, and we'll start with you, Elisa. Hey everyone, I'm Elisa Teague. I am a board game and role-playing game designer, and I do a lot of puzzles that a lot of you hopefully have experienced uh, with D&D, and I'm really excited about this cool event. Yes, me too. I can't wait to get into it. But before that, we're going to talk to Ryan. Hello, Ryan Omega. How are you doing? Hello, Greg. Uh, I'm Ryan Omega, <laughs> and <laughs> I am a live stream and uh live stream and podcast producer and host and tabletop gamer and lurper. Awesome. Uh, all that is going to be useful in this project for sure. Yep. Uh, and then next we have uh, Minkat. Hi, Mink. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Um, I am an escape room designer and alternate reality game, puzzle designer, board game designer, um, all the different kinds of games designer. <laughs> Making it all happen together. Uh, and then Sharang Biswas, hello, how are you doing? I am very well, thank you. Uh, so I'm Sharang Biswas, I'm a game designer, writer, and artist in New York. I do also lots of different kinds of games, but I do a lot of specialization in narrative and live experiences. Awesome. And so uh, when we were putting together plans for D&D Live 2020, uh, I reached out to uh, this group of amazing designers, including uh, David Harmon, who can't make it today, but he's from Australia, and so time zones are not always our friends, but we've been uh, doing lots of fun things by combining all of these forces uh, around this project, which we are calling Reality RP. And uh, I don't want to take up too much time talking about it, but so I'll throw it to one of you to kind of give the overall uh, uh spiel on what this this uh, uh, project is. Uh, Mink, I think you might be the best equipped uh, to uh, give us this overview. What What is Reality RP in your mind? So um, we wanted to create a sort of almost like game show cross murder mystery type experience where a group of D&D characters um, in real time are exploring a mystery to try and vindicate, vindicate themselves from being accused of doing a horrendous crime. And uh, the, the, the kind of reality show part of it is that they're doing these challenges and uh, the audience is helping the, you, the audience at home, uh, are helping them all out. And uh, the, they're going to get whittled down one by one until there's only one winner left at the end. That was awesome. Uh, and it combines tons of different things, right? I mean, you mentioned reality TV with... 
you know, ARG style puzzles as well as exploration and social media. We're using Instagram as a, as a, a, a big part of how these performers uh, who have been direct, you know, been directed in all of these videos uh, by Ryan Omega over the last few days. Yeah, it's a lot of fun uh, being able to uh, get these canon uh, characters um, from Dungeons and Dragons, give it to these performers, and see their spin on their costumes, uh, how they perform, the type of voice that they're going to use. And now, whenever I think about those characters, when I am going to look at that source book, I'm going going to think about that performer. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm hoping that folks who are watching during D&D Live 2020 and paying attention to these characters uh, will get a kick out of that in the same way. So when they get the adventure uh, on uh, that is coming out in September, they might recognize some of these these characters and now know them a lot more personally uh, than they might have in the past. And DMs, clever DMs, can also incorporate events from this event into their table narrative, which I think could be really, really fun. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then so another part of this is uh, a map interface where fans will be able to interact with different nodes in the area of uh, the adventure that we have not yet announced. But it's, so it's difficult to talk <laughs> around all of this. Uh, but Sharon, uh, uh, you've been doing a lot of writing uh, about the um, uh, single player experience of people being able to click on these nodes and then ch- have a, a, a brief choose your own experience, uh, adventure type of experience uh, to, to do it. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so this map thing is really interesting. I was actually just at an online conference last week which talked about this idea as games aren't set in time, they're set in space. All games are maps was this idea, mm. right? And so having you, the audience, able to navigate this map, learning about the location that the adventure is going to be set in uh, is really cool. And because we want to give different people different ways of experiencing this weekend, regardless of what time zone you're in or location or internet connectivity that you have, we have a a large amount of... um, single-player content that's accessible through the map. So, for example, if you have, uh, at the moment, you don't have access to watching the stream live, you can instead take part in the single-player things, and that might give you clues to this murder mystery uh, that that Mink just mentioned, or it might just be a red herring. Ooh, what do you think? You have to find out. Um, but uh, so there's a lot of single player content. There are like stories, there's interactive fiction that we've been coding, uh, there's art to be found in there. It's going to be a, a multimedia, multi sensory experience. And uh, Alisa, we, we had worked together uh, a few years ago on the Waterdeep No Stone Unturned ARG, uh, and that involved a lot of this this fun kind of interactivity. Uh, and I think a lot of what we've been doing here is like a, uh, an evolution of that, right? Absolutely. I think that the way that, you know, the D&D Live weekend is taking form this time is obviously different because we're all going to be at home and playing from home, but it allows the people that really enjoyed the puzzle aspect of both the ARG and the in-game actual play puzzles that were happening on stream from D&D Live a couple of years ago, um, those people are going to be able to enjoy solving puzzles and still connecting with the community this time around. We're going to be doing it all online, but they are going to be able to actually interact with the cast of Reality RP. And when I say cast, they are 
the actual players um, and I'll give them hints that they uncover themselves. So by working together as a community over the course of these couple of days, they'll be able to uncover clues, give those clues to their favorite or any of the um, players and help them figure out this mystery and help them win even. So if they have a favorite, they'll be able to really influence things. So even though, you know, Ryan's doing this awesome job, you know, directing, I don't want anybody at home to think that this is like scripted. They are really going to be playing this murder mystery game and they have no idea what the answer is. So you guys at home are going to be their key to unlocking all of this by going through all of the single player games, working together, watching actual play stuff, navigating the map. Everything's going to be a clue. And speaking to our red herring. Or red herring. There'll be lots of herrings. I don't do a lot of herrings, but sure. And it's a very fish-based adventure. <laughs> I thought it was cookie-based. Now I'm all confused. <laughs> Definitely food stuff. All the food stuff. <laughs> One thing we have united about as designers from different backgrounds and countries is food. So, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had gotten together um, in uh, Renton, you know, many months ago before quarantine and, and other things that are that are happening. And uh, yes, I, I have a, a fond memory of bonding together around a circular table that had a lazy Susan with all kinds of different foods uh, <laughs> upon it. And so you're right, we did, we did very much bond over foodstuffs. <laughs> there was a character we considered casting only because one of the main things that she did was offer cookies in in exactly. the game it's like but i couldn't fit her i'm like oh darn but, <laughs> but. Well, that'll be an easter egg for everyone to enjoy uh, for sure. um yeah and so, you know, and i i like that we had started with this as being a live event you know we that's one of the reasons why uh ryan you were brought on was, was your experience doing larps and things like that and so what are your thoughts about now uh, you know transferring something from a from a from a larp to a online larp in a way um, the biggest challenge for me is the whole physical aspect because many LARPers, including myself, are used to being able to interact with people and do that drama there. So now the challenge is how do we take the excitement that we've experienced in past D&D lives that, uh, I'm sorry, D&D live um, like 2018, 2019, that mm-hmm. I remember those very fondly because I remember walking into that space and thinking, oh my god. This is a dream come true. And for some people, the characters that are playing, this is their geek milestone. So how do we take that experience and create that excitement with the players here? And we figured out that it's to embrace the cheese um, in the reality TV. Because in the particular timeline that we're in, the darkest timeline, we need to have a little bit of <laughs> we need a little bit of levity um, and in instructing some of the char- uh, the players in developing their characters, uh, they're taking their character to really interesting places so that when they do finally interact and um, throw each other under the bus, in some of the intro videos, you will totally see people throw other characters under the bus at the first sight, at the first watch. And everything is going to tumble on from there. And uh, we're looking forward to see how this develops in this new platform um, on online reality RP. Right. And another one of the reasons why we called it reality RP was that it was reminiscent of uh, the gameplay behind reality TV, uh, which I'll fully admit I'm not a a fan of that genre of television, uh, mostly because of the backstabbing and that kind of uh, uh, feel 
Um, but I did. I, I had. I did watch a whole uh, a specific one that was recommended by uh, this group uh, called The Circle, uh, uh, which was on Netflix. And I think that one is more about the gameplay, right? It feels a little bit more like a mafia or a werewolf type game that you know tabletop gamers might be familiar with, in which it's it's not necessarily about. Um, you know, backstabbing or, or, or hurting people. It's just about the deductive reasoning you need to have in order to find out what the story is, which is, which is a lot of what we're trying to do here with Reality RP. Yeah, that's the, the, those were the main inspirations, those tabletop games and, you know, the circle. And, you know, we have a little bit of Survivor going on in there. And we've, we've taken, I think, the best uh, from all of the different reality TV, you know, sources and really blended it with a D&D experience. And I think that that is going to really um, engage people that are going to, you know, be watching and playing along. And hopefully, you know, we've left out any of the, like, the bad stuff that people don't like about reality (laughs) TV. Um, Really, any of those games are, you know, a strategy game. You just need to know how to play the game. You don't have to be the best at everything. You don't have to, you know necessarily know how to do all of the challenges the, the best as long as you play each other and pay attention to clues that's that's what i like about reality games like that because you can really see players and i think that the act of it being a reality tv thing is significant because it is D live right this live component is important so when porting it to this digital only space a way we can keep this liveness and keep it fresh and exciting is, I think, through this reality thing. And there's this other aspect that <clears throat> affects me personally is that I don't, like like Greg, I don't enjoy watching real people um, backstab each other. I'm very much okay with watching scripted people, oh, sorry, fictional people <laughs> backstab each other, right? So even if it's unscripted, even if it's unscripted, they're still fictional people, right? I love Nordic style LARPs, all about high drama and we're all like backstabbing each other and things like that, right? Like that's so fun. So the fact that it's it's reality but fictional characters makes it super palatable for me. I'm like, yes, be mean to each other, be bitchy to each other. Ah, but and I'm I'm still enjoying it because I don't feel like we're encouraging real humans to be mean. You know what I mean? It's it's a soap opera that we're creating. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. like a live improvised soap opera. Um, and the other thing that we, the other reason why we chose the circle as one of the things to bounce off was um, because everybody in that uh, in that uh, reality show is separate and they are like basically isolated from each other, which we knew we were going to have to. That's how right our now. performers are going to be. <laughs> so yeah, so we've had to. So we we wanted to work that into the design of things. It's like try and take into consideration. Not only that all the actors are going to be separate, but that we're going to be talking to like our entire community. Like for the first time, D&D Live is not in a physical location. So um, also like just trying to like bring in the things that you get from a physical, like going to a physical location. So that's why we decided to have a map as well, because you can actually, there is a space and the live stages on this section of the map and you can like explore and go and we are encouraging you to explore the space that we're giving you in a map to like look for scavenger hunts look for clues look for the intel that is the gossip that you can use to to tell the soap characters the terrible 
terrible secrets that they can then use against each other. I mean, yeah, right. If you think of all the things that have happened in soap operas where you're like, you know, don't trust that person. They just in the previous scene said that they were not trustworthy. What are you doing? But now the 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 players of uh, of reality RP will be able to do exactly that and, and influence what is going to happen going forward. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until just now. And the, the idea of having these secrets is really cool because a lot of role play is about having secrets, right? Like wh- wh- one reason to be – real people don't have that many wild secrets like that, right? They might be, oh, the family secret you don't want to reveal, but that's usually because you're embarrassed about it. It's not because an assassin is out to kill you or something, right? And all of us play role-playing games. We all have these secrets, and, and so it works really well with this idea of a – reality show where these characters have all these like weird secrets and oh no magical secrets oh you're cursed actually oh you're actually incarnation of a god who knows what these secrets are right <laughs> uh, to emphasize that's really going to be all this uh, go ahead Ryan. to emphasize um elisa's point about these performers don't know a lot about the, some of the information related to the game it really is up to the audience to be able to tell them information and um, a large critical part of this game really is the audience. Not only their involvement, the information they are um, giving the players. The players are not just uh, NPCs that are only going they're going to dispense information at a certain time, and if you find it, um, then you can get something else. Like, no, you really are going to give them and feed them information that's going to influence their decisions on who they're going to trust, who they're going to have alliances with, and who even survives because there's definitely mm. a component in this game where, um, you know, just like werewolf, uh, not everyone might. <laughs> and again, emphasizing these are fictional people. We're not killing our. Yes, we're not. Just so you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but I think it's really, um, it's really cool because these, these actors or characters like that are playing these roles, they have a character sheet basically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They know all about themselves. They know, you know, what their alibis were. They know what their, you know, they know where they were when whatever happens, happens, that they're now going to try and defend themselves about. But they have no idea what the other characters' stories are. And they're, that's going to unfold as this show goes on. And then that's when, you know, the audience can come in and help them. So it's really going to be interesting to see who aligns with whom and who uh, makes the choices, like what choices they are going to make. It's, I'm excited about it. I'm a little nervous about it, uh, but I think it's going to be great. And you mentioned, you know, uh, when we were doing the No Stone Unturned uh, on Discord, how, how without our, you know, really thinking about it, a, a Discord server was created. And I think you had said there was up to 6,000 people in one of the larger ones, but that was just one of the communities. Biggest one. Um, there were a lot of different uh, places on the internet where people were trying to figure out that ARG and working together. There was there were a few on Discord and one that I discovered. Um, I'll, I'll give them a shout out. Hashtag Team Volo. Like I know that the they're, they're probably hopefully still watching and um, going to be participating this year because they were they really knew how to work together. It was thousands of people uh, working together. Uh, there were you know couple hundred uh core people that were like i think they were on like 24 hours a day working on this um for 30 days like you were <laughs> and i was um uh spoiler alert um i was i was, <laughs> I was definitely awake for 
too long that month. Well, but, but and the point I was trying to make was that, like, you know, now we are going to have an, an official Discord place where people can, you know, share information back and forth with everything. That it will be a part of the map interface. Will be, you know, a navigation bar at the top that'll be like here, chat about what you might have discovered. And we're hoping that more people. Uh, flock to that community and and have a centralized place where they can discuss and perhaps dispense information to uh, to the the characters and performers who are who are doing this. The coolest features I think of of this map is that not only can they you know share information um, because you know this puzzle information is going to be uh, trickled out as people discover different things and there may be one player at home that will figure out a piece of a puzzle and then another player at home that, you know, everybody's going to need to put those pieces together and work together. And so they can discuss things there. And also in that chat, you know, people can discuss the games that they're playing online um, because they're going to be able to play adventures and they're going to be able to discuss the actual play, you know, from the the main stage and any of the other um, cool announcements that are going to be made. Everybody's going to have a one central place that they can talk to each other and like, really come together as a community, which yeah. we really need right now. Very true. Yeah, and, and the D&D Adventures lady. League stuff that's going to be happening, uh, you know, I know we were working a little bit with uh, with Sean Merwin, who is the writer of those uh, adventures. So the fact that you at home will be able to play through these four introductory adventures, you might even get some information about reality RP, or at least, you know, the setting and things that are happening around it from playing those. And so that information is going to be important for uh, for these performers as well. And, and we're hoping it all becomes part of that, that eco- ecosystem of ecosystem of information. Is that, a, is that a term? I feel like I could just now. I can give a panel on that. Sounds legit. What were you going to say, Sharon? I have no idea. It's funny. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I, I actually do remember now. Uh, I mean, because Elise was talking about this the Discord a lot. And I think that's another thing about, you know, we're not D&D live anymore, right? One of the advantages of having a live experience is you can meet people and chat with them and, and have dinner with them and things like that. Um, but here, in lieu of that, we're trying to encourage community bonding through digital means, right? Through Discord and things like that, which I think is um, admirable and, like Elisa said, necessary. Necessary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we're definitely being a little bit secretive, just like our characters, about uh, the actual plot of of what's going to be unfolding here for Reality RP. But one thing we don't have to keep secret is the performers who will be uh, on here. So, uh, Ryan, you've been working with them, you know, intimately over the last few days. Do you want to give, uh, uh, you know, uh, some anecdotes or details about working with uh, the specific group? Hmm, okay, um, I will say that in the last. Um in the last couple of days when I've been directing a couple of intro videos, um, I want to say that the fact that we have a very diverse group is important because some of our performers, um, because of their different backgrounds, have brought a really interesting angle that I think many of us would not have thought of for their character because they have their they have brought their personal experience into this game. Um, right. I will say that um, probably... One story that I can tell that without revealing too much is that one player decided that they were going to wear leather armor because metal armor would have be uh, wouldn't be right for the environment. However, looking at the metal, uh, sorry, looking at the leather armor, it had what I should say um, nipples, and not like the tiny you know like Batman and Robin nipples. They were like they were like Sacagawea. <laughs> dollar coins and i'm and i said i have to overrule this 
I, I, <laughs> I understand the logic and thank you for thinking of the environment, but the metal looks better. Wear the metal. It's, wear the metallic armor. It's going to be better. I just can't look on the screen and see nipple. It's like, I can't. I can't. This don't. This won't work for me. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, if there's a dog in the scene or something like that, where like everyone's just going to be watching that instead of uh, paying attention. So I, I appreciate your your hard work. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we can. I, I, most of the performers will be have announced by now, so we can actually uh, uh, talk through some of them. And one of the ones that I'm really excited about is uh, Rock M. Sakura, uh, who was a uh, uh, on the re- most recent um, season of RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 she is a perfect example of someone that we wanted to you know include in this in this community. Someone who uh, had a lot of the. Uh, skills that are necessary for this, including role play and uh, costume design and video production uh, were all factors for for the folks that we were inviting to this. And he is so funny. Just chatting with him uh, in our intro meeting, I I realized the first 10 minutes of our intro meeting was just chatting because he is hilarious. Uh, (laughs) But for this particular uh, event... Uh, he, it's not just that uh, he's designing a costume, he's also having to design makeup for the character. So he's one of the last intro videos that I have to shoot because uh, there is an art to drag and that requires preparation and creativity and um, <laughs> it's going to look amazing. <laughs> I can't and wait. I'm going to laud that how often do you see a professional drag queen on a role-playing game event, right? I think this is super awesome. Me too. Yeah. Um, there's all, I mean, you know, uh, uh, reality t- noted reality TV fan uh, Christina Ariel mm-hmm. uh, has been trying to get some type of combination of, of Dungeons and Dragons role play with reality television. Uh, and so I'm, I'm happy that this is maybe not the incarnation that she was uh, thinking of <laughs> uh, when, we, when we put this all together. But I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what she will bring to, uh, I was going to say the table, but to, uh, to the camera. Oh, she said that this is her dream. Her dream yeah. was to combine. She is a huge, avid consumer of reality TV. So she said, "I." She said, "Can I be? Can I be the guilty? Bar- can I be the evil one? Can I?" And again, that's not a clue. But she was begging. She's like, she wanted to play that character. She wanted to. She wanted to do some nasty things. Um, so, or was it? She's like, I want to flip tables. Reality. I just want to do it once yeah, she- when it's going to actually matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they're yeah. all kind of guilty of something, so yeah. <laughs> they've all got some skeleton in the closet. So I guess she gets her wish. Uh, <laughs> That's true. No matter what. Yeah. Um, some of our other performers. Um, um, should I talk about the other performers? Yeah. yeah. Um, some of our other performers. Um, um, Erica Fermina from Girls Guts Glory. Um, she's playing a character that um, when I assigned this to her, I thought, okay, this is a such a big character, but um, nailed it in one take. I was thoroughly impressed uh she was actually the shortest video that i had to shoot because she knew her character she had her costume like she was on um um wes johnson that people might know from smash games um we had to smash Smash. thank you Smash. smash um we spent 10 minutes trying to figure out his hair to try to make it match a certain type of thing that he's representing um and he has very pretty hair very long, pretty hair, and he was trying to tie. And after a while, I was like, okay, let's. Just, you have long, pretty hair. Let's just embrace the long, pretty hair. Um, um, <laughs> I'm gonna need some help with my hair, uh, actually. If you can, 
spend some time after this for my intro. <laughs> um, we have a uh, Maude Garrett, um, who's playing a character who um, is not um, the same hair color that she is, and has an outfit and um, a hairpiece that that inspires that. So she is. Um, so she's playing that. Um, let me see who else do I have. Um, Xander Genre, um, a longtime beloved member of D and D. Um, he is very, very happy to play this character um, as it really represents him. And um, it's it's fun and interesting to find a person who connects with their character so strongly that they feel proud to play that character. And that also mm. speaks to the writers of this source book that we're playing with, that it really does embrace the um, types of people who are out in the world who want to play in D&D. And awesome. I, on that note, another thing I'm excited about is that the the main mystery, you know, it's all about mystery and adventure and like kind of big things. But a lot of the smaller things we've been working on, the, the single player things, the puzzle design, a lot of those are also about smaller stories that happen in the D&D world, which I think is important because when we role play, or at least when I should use I statements, when I role play, when I play D&D, it isn't just... Um, save the king and then rescue the dragon and then marry the prince. You know, it's not just major things. We also like, oh, let's attend a fashion show. What fun. <laughs> or like we spend like 15 minutes deciding what food we order at the tavern that we're staying at, you know? And I think having those small moments is important because it it, it, in, it makes the role play experience richer and it makes the world of Faerun, the setting, the specific location we're going to be in, in the Forgotten Realms, it makes it come alive more and it makes you think about how do... How do people live? How do people react? Because again, role play ultimately is about embodying characters, embodying people. Um, For sure. So that's, I think, really, really interesting. Uh, yeah, and, um, and and Mink, I know you, a lot of your experience comes from uh, from ARGs. Uh, and I, I love that as part of this because it, this really does feel like a completely alternate reality game uh, in, in, in many ways <laughs> because it is taking so many of uh, the, the aspects of that that is like, oh, this could be something that could happen in our real world. Uh, now, that's, we're a little bit going a little bit beyond with the fantasy, but this must feel like a, um, an embodiment of, of, of you know, a lot of the work that you've been doing leading up to this, right? Yeah, they, um, the nice thing about like, the, even like the, the, the good thing and the awful thing about the term alternate, alternate reality game is that it actually it, it really just means there is a fiction and you get to play in it without mm. having to like it's, it's, it's letting you play with the boundaries of where that the, the magic circle is of like your real life and the fictional universe. And so um, that's something that is is nice here and that we are playing out into like we are we are using other platforms like we are having people having conversations on instagram we're having people chatting in discord um we're getting to like really yeah really get a sense of this this like of this and it's i mean it's it's such a thoroughly thought out world because it is like uh, it's a this it's a D D source book so it's it's had so much work effort and work put into making it not just like a really detailed universe, but one that can be actualized by people who can pick up the material and run with it. Um, so like this is actually, of, of, of any 
any uh, universe that I've ever like made a game for or had to play with, this has probably been like the easiest one to to just kind of bring the universe out and and make it feel like it's a it's alive outside of the pages of the book. Yeah, I yeah, and then I your your work with um, uh, puzzle rooms too had that has that same kind of feel of like oh yeah this is. Uh, the fiction that the players jump into when they know they're going into this room. Obviously, they know they're not locked in. They can get out if they need to for whatever <laughs> emergency reasons. But it is that fiction that you kind of trick yourself into doing. And I think a lot of that is going to be uh, apparent for not just the you know the performers that Ryan is working with and, and that will be presenting on the Instagram videos, but everybody at home is going to be like, all right, you know, I'm going to be okay with uh, giving over to this you know reality fiction uh, as I'm participating in this. And I think um, it's... Uh, something that, you know, a couple of you have mentioned the the sets and the other things that we have done for previous D&D lives. And it's really interesting to see that, like, we're preserving that feeling that we got from walking onto those sets for the first time. Um, but then now we get to share it with a much larger audience uh, than we ever have before. Um, you know, obviously it's not a one-to-one, but it's it's feeling that way. Like, oh, I get to immerse myself in this world for a few days, you know, starting on, on June 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> I was just kind of that, that was so subtle I barely noticed it <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of thinking you mentioned like even though it won't be one on one in reality RP there is there are still those opportunities like what if you are the person that discovers that one missing clue gives it to one of the players and they literally make a turn based off of the one clue that you gave them and mm. they have the capacity to be able to say, hey, this person, you know, on Instagram, this person gave me this clue. Thank you so much, because now I can go after that person. <laughs> <laughs> that can be you if you are playing this game. That's a really good point. It's something that, again, we're never able to do with the uh, the passive entertainment that we consume, like reality TV and things like that. This is a fully interactive uh, way, and you're right. And, I, and we've been encouraging the performers to, to call out the folks that, that are giving them this information for that reason so that they feel like it's um, uh, an exchange rather than just a, you're just getting this entertainment and you don't have to be quiet about it. Right. Normally when you're watching a reality show and you see something happen or whatever, like you're shouting at the TV, you're like, <laughs> no, it's really so-and-so or whatever. And this time when you're shouting, you can shout it into Discord. You can shout it onto Instagram. And that shouting is really going to make a difference. Um, and just like um, with No Stone Unturned, the ARG from D&D Live a couple years ago, um, we were definitely encouraging and, you know, shouting out to people back out to people who uh, were giving the clues and we were put, you know, posting their, their, um, their usernames and whatever on the website that we were, you know, collaborating all of the information on. We, we were definitely letting people know, Hey, you did make a difference right now with this one, you a hundred percent are making so much of a difference and working together, getting into your own little mini groups to like work on puzzles together um, is going to be really important and really a cool thing to do in between watching main stage uh, games and everything else that's going to be on the site. The one caveat we encourage you to shout in a polite way on this. Yes, oh, yes. of course. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and uh, that leads to another point. You know, this is all uh, being done not only to, you know, get people immersed in this world of Dungeons and Dragons, but 
uh, D&D Live is all in support of Red Nose Day. Uh, and uh, there's going to be a uh, request for a donation to uh, get access to this map and be able to uh, interact with it as well as to sign up for the D&D Adventurers League. Uh, I think it's only $10, but of course you can donate as much as you uh, would like to uh, in order to support the cause uh Uh, Red Nose Day is a really open mission statement. They are basically all there to help children who are affected by all types of uh, adversity, including poverty and, uh, you know, COVID-19 and the quarantine that's been happening, as well as uh, those who are uh, uh, affected by um, all the uh, police brutality and things that are being protested against right now. And so uh, every little bit is going to be uh, contributing to to that charity. And and, uh, your work here is, is a big part of that, too, to just get people excited about it and hopefully... Uh, drive more donations to uh, to that amazing work. That's awesome. That's I think that's really cool to be working on a project that has like this mission minded like focus. So. Yeah, and, and as as you uh, you had said earlier, like it is all about bringing people together for something because so many of us are feeling you know isolated. Uh, you know, even you know before the events of the most recent weeks, uh, and even more so now. Uh, and so, what's um, really great about Dungeons and Dragons is bringing everyone together, uh, including this amazing group of designers uh, and uh, and hopefully everybody who's participating in Reality RP. And for such a minimum donation, um, not only are you helping such a great cause, but you're literally getting 24 hours a day because of the puzzles and all the other, and the games, the solo games you can do and everything on the site. You're getting 24 hours a day of three days of entertainment and while helping out kids. And so that's just something I think we can all come together and, and be behind. For sure. Um, and it's not, you know, even if all the things we're talking about with the reality TV and things like that aren't your bag, we hope you'll be convinced to think it is like I was. Um, but there's also all that single player stuff that you can do just to interact with at home. Uh, the amazing work that Tarong has been doing with the, uh, uh, the, the games that you can interact with, but even just exploring the map, I think is going to be uh, a real blast for people who, uh, you know, I mean, you can see by the maps behind me, like I just enjoy looking at the graphic representation of a region and the stories that that can tell. And so uh, you'll be able to interact with that uh, after, after you donate. Sweet. Well, I think we covered everything that I wanted to. Um, one thing I do want to make sure we shout out, though, of course, is David Harmon. Mm-hmm. And his work on this uh, has been amazing. Uh, it, it's not just a group of this four. He has been uh, uh, contributing a lot as far as structure and writing goes. Uh, he's an amazing designer, uh, as well as the dungeon master for Dragon Friends. So he's been uh, with D&D Live since, uh, since the stream of Annihilation uh, three years ago. Uh, so um, want to just definitely shout out all of his contributions. And I don't think this game would have been the same without, without his input, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, enough um, time zones. We can't have him today. <laughs> I know. I was just going to say, like, how many strange hours, Mink, have you had uh, to uh, meet with Dave uh, around, the, like, literally opposite of the world, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been fun, like, looking at uh, worldtimebuddy.com for figure out, like, <laughs> so who's awake now and who can be on this call? And, yeah, so we, we tend to be having dinner or breakfast at the same time and just... Uh, I think this team is three countries and four time zones, it, right? Yeah, yes. four, four vastly different time yes. zones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a challenge definitely to work together like that, but what I like about that is 
all the people who will be experiencing this will be in time zones all over. And so something that is discovered while, you know, the West Coast of America is sleeping uh, is going to have a huge impact when they wake up and, and it might change the story, you know, from someone who discovered it in India or in, uh, uh, you know, uh, China. Azerbaijan. Exactly. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, that reminds me. We do have one player um, in Reality RP that I didn't mention, but she's playing all the way from Australia. Ah. Yes, um, Jordan Raskopoulos. If you know the awesome comedy um, band uh, Axis of Awesome, is also playing with us, and she is, um, and uh, she's really excited. Uh, she's aware there's a time zone difference, but she's ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've got 11 actors, and I'm pretty sure we've said four names. So there must be other people we've missed out. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Let me go. <laughs> are we, Greg, are we allowed to say everyone yes. who's Yeah, playing? go for it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Let's not leave anybody oh, yeah. out. <laughs> um, then um, we know um, our favorite six foot eight B. Dave Walters, um, who is also playing a character that when I saw this character uh, that we assigned to him, it's like, yeah, that's him. That's pretty much him. To a T, even in even in the intro meeting, he says, "Why don't you just at me next time?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I did with this character. <laughs> that character is literally written for him." Um, and That's then, awesome. of course, one of our beloved community members of all time, Satine Phoenix, is also playing um, a character who that is actually unlike her. Um, so she's playing mm. a character that's very much against her type. So I'm really interested to see what, how she plays this character. Um, and um, as our host, we have uh, Mark Mir, very talented performer, has been involved with D&D Lives in the past. Um, if you've ever role-played him or seen any of his comedy, amazing actor. Now I'm just double-checking that we've uh, called out everybody. I think so. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's all reach for that particular yes. Oh, oh Cynthia one more Marie. Cynthia Marie. I feel bad. She's going to kill me. Cynthia Marie's going to kill me. You know, my BFF. But like, who did I leave out? Oh, my God, my BFF. Uh, Cynthia Marie, who, who, you know, was my co-host on my podcast and talk shows. And I forgot. Oh, my God, Cynthia, don't kill me. She's... This, this is literally beyond the limits of human capability to memorize anything above a certain number i think it's seven right? it's like four so is easy seven is maximum yeah yeah, yeah. Gonna... so you're doing you're doing thank well you. thank you i will apologize to her later but she... <laughs> because you love her so much love, she's just there all i love the time. her so much yeah. that i assumed i already talked about her but she is also <laughs> but she's also playing a character in in this world and she's also super excited so I feel like she's going to use all this against uh, somebody on the cast. Oh, God. All the anger. <laughs> actually, um, how do the listeners know that that wasn't actually a planted clue from Ryan? Ooh. Ooh. Or was it a red herring? <laughs> I mean... It was a blue herring. <laughs> I mean, actors can lie in this game. That's the other interesting part. They don't have to tell the truth. Um, some might actually tell you their secrets if you pressure them right enough. Like, oh yeah, act, that actually was me. But this person did something worse. Uh, and this time you can't just make an inside check. <laughs> You're just going to have to check the map and figure out there more information about them. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And you know, and I think, Mink, you said it. They, may, they all have something perhaps uh, unseemly in their past 
it's just all about something that they're trying to hide like yeah various various degrees of of awful but like to them it's a thing that's awful and they a secret and they have to keep secrets so there is it's definitely soap opera drama secrets everywhere everyone's got something to hide and the instagram uh uh integration to use a a marketing term is going to be even uh more exciting i think because it, it is about how we interact with our social media right now is really changed over the last you know 15 years uh and having a game like this play out on instagram in addition to uh being a part of our live stream content uh to end each of the days of uh D live um i'm really interested to see how that works and how people will you know be able to call out each other and then uh you know potentially um you know, follow along on the comment section if people are giving them information that way. Like, it's, you know, I think we're all a little bit nervous, but also excited about how that could, uh, uh, you know, change the game. I mean, this is definitely new territory for um, not just D&D, but for a lot of us, like trying to be able to make that interaction feel meaningful uh, to the audience that is in their own places, as well as our players who are also isolated in their own places. So um, there's going to be, uh, not going to lie, like, I don't want to say that it's not going to be like rocky, but we, the thing is, we want to make it work because um, we think that we are at this, um, we're kind of like, I don't want to say the dawn of a, of a new type of gameplay because that sounds cheesy, but we are experimenting. <laughs> we're embracing the cheese. We're embracing remember? the cheese, but we're experimenting <laughs> to see um, what works in this in this particular time to keep us connected because that's been one of the challenges over the past few months. How do you stay connected um, right mm-hmm. now? And yeah, there are times when we'll look at our social medias and go, I, I don't know if I can look at social media right now. And, and I get it, but how can you at least connect to some of your friends or even characters and the same story that you can interact with? That is something new that we are bringing here with D&D and that is what makes me excited even if I don't know everything that will happen and that's kind of the cool part we don't and you're and the audience will get to be part of that and you're not wrong um I've both written and played in so many ARGs and online games and D&D and other role-playing games in every format and there has never been one that I have experienced at least that has been this type of multimedia like and mixed media platform where we're offering you know actual play games to watch uh adventures league games to play in solo games to play and this reality tv experience all with an arg puzzle solving format where it all comes together in one platform um for a limited time you know and so this is a brand new game and, you know, it's really exciting to be on this team of awesome people to like, we all like gelled so well and came together with this idea that, you know, man, I hope it works. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think it's really going to be something new that, you know, will be replicated in the future because it's awesome. Yeah. We gelled uh, because of the food, don't forget it. It was all the food. <laughs> um, but I, again, kudos to you, the designers who have brought this to life. It went through many different 
uh, iterations and phases. Uh, it was going to happen. It was not going to happen. And now it's totally different from what we originally had thought about, but it is happening in a way that I'm, I'm really proud of. And so the work that you guys have, uh, have done, uh, along with Dave and uh, all the people um, at Sightlines who are, are bringing this uh, map interface to life, uh, as well as working with all the uh, performers to, uh, you know, to get them on board, um, has been really great. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping as all you are, that this all works. Uh, but I agree that it is something uh, new and exciting and risky, and that's that's D&D, right? We're rolling the die. I mean, that's the world we're currently in, so why not embrace it, right? Everything exactly. is new, exciting, and risky. Mm-hmm. And not to make another cheesy segue, but you know, uh, with all the talents that you guys have had, not only are we rolling the die, but we're D&D Live 2020 rolling with advantage. <laughs> Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys uh, so much for, for joining and talking this through. Uh, you uh, will be there making it all happen uh, for when D&D Live begins in earnest on June 18th. But uh, as Ryan was saying, he's working on the intro videos that will be posted on Instagram uh, with some new accounts uh, that are all made for these characters. So uh, start paying attention to the uh, Dungeons and Dragons wizard, uh, wizards underscore D&D um, account on Instagram. You'll find out all the stuff from there, as well as the performers that we mentioned, their personal Instagrams will be uh, sharing the videos to there as well. And so that will hopefully get you a, a preview of what's to come and get uh, a background that you need for when it all kicks off uh, the week of June 18th. All right. Thank you again. You're all amazing, and uh, I can't wait Thank for this. Thank you. Um, actually, well, I, I've got to do the, uh, the sign-off of where everybody can follow you oh. personally, too. Oh, so, let's do that. Uh, let's, yeah, let's do that. So uh, we'll, we'll do the, the, the same order I did as introduction. So uh, that was Elisa first, right? I went that way. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter, <laughs> at Geeky Pinup. And uh, you can also see the stuff that I'm working on at my website, elisateague.com. Awesome. Ryan. You can follow me on Twitter under Ryan OMGA. You can find me on um, Facebook and Instagram under Ryan Omega. Or you can follow my Twitch channel, um, twitch.tv slash lifeactionroleplay, which is also a podcast. Sweet. Mink? Um, I am on Twitter as mink underscore et, which is E-T-T-E, like my name fits on the screen. Actually, I don't know if it's on the screen. Um, and <laughs> I was like, it it's is, on the Zoom call. I don't know if it is on the, the actual thing. Sorry. Those listening on um, audio, it always helps me. <laughs> um, uh, yes, mink underscore et. And, my, um, in, and consistently having things that are very difficult to spell, my website is <laughs> oubliettescape.com, um, <laughs> which is uh, oubliette. It's like the like the, the the place that she gets trapped in in uh, labyrinth. Um, so that should help you spell that. And um, I have a podcast which I'm going to be putting a new series on soon. So I am going to plug it, even though it's like not actually got much on it at the moment. But fun times with great people on SoundCloud, where I've got a series where I interview uh, various games makers from different games disciplines about the things that are, that they're interested in that are not games. Um, and how that influenced their lives. Um, I've got some great stories, like an escape room designer who went on holiday to North Korea um, twice, and uh, and a programmer who a games programmer who was in a shipwreck. Um, so there's some really, really quite exciting, unusual games stories on there. 
Plus, uh, plus I review board games on Tabletop Top Table, which is on the same channel. So that's, and I'm going to be making a series, uh, I'm working on a series at the moment where I am exploring the different aspects of escape room design and talking to different escape room designers. So that's me. Sweet. All right, Sharang. And I'm Sharang Biswas. Uh, my Twitter is Sharang Biswas. It's pretty easy. Uh, that links to my website. I also have um, uh, an itch.io, which is Astrolingus which has some of my tiny experimental work, um, award-winning experimental work, if, <laughs> uh, if I may be allowed to say that. Um, but uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, my website should link to everything, including the new book I'm co-editing that's coming out about um, sexy games uh, coming out from um, Pelican Press in, fall, in summer. So check that out. Awesome. Uh, and of course, Dave Harmon, uh, you can find him, uh, I believe he's at Dave Harmon uh, at, uh, on Twitter. And I'm going to mess it up, so look it out in the show notes. Uh, but dragonfriends.com is uh, where that podcast is, as well as uh, links to that Twitch feed. So, awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. It's going to happen. Reality Woo. RP. Woo. It's gonna- yeah, back to work, everyone. Yeah, it's going to happen whether work. we're ready or not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, team leader. Thank you, team leader. I am so happy to be able to work with this amazing group of narrative designers. Uh, They come from different disciplines, as they said, as well as different backgrounds. And I think we are creating something special and completely unique uh, that has not been seen in the world before. And I can't uh, thank them enough for that opportunity to work with them, as well as to see what happens uh, during the game itself. Uh, the cast is, is fantastic. The uh, you know, ne- designers behind it are really great, and I just can't, see wh- I can't wait to see what happens when we add you, those of you listening at home, as well as uh, um, uh, interacting on Discord, uh, how you're going to interact with it, and hopefully find out uh, who is to blame for what's happening in the region of the adventure. Tune in to DungeonsAndDragons.com on June 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You'll find out all about the new adventure and where it is taking place, not to mention some great, interesting, fun things that are coming from Dungeons & Dragons this year, as well as many of our partners. Uh, I can't wait to uh, get it all out there. It's something that we've been working on for a long time, and the community has really uh, come together to be able to do something online via video conferencing during uh, this time of quarantine. And I'm hoping that it is as engaging uh, and brings in folks who uh, may not have been able to participate in D&D lives in the past physically at, uh, you know, in Southern California where we've held them. So we're opening the doors and letting everyone from all over the world jump in and uh, play with us, not only Dungeons and Dragons uh, through D&D Adventurers League play, uh, which you can sign up now for uh, uh, through the uh, portal at DungeonsAndDragons.com or uh, through Reality RP and exploring the map uh, that we are going to provide as part of that region uh, and watching all of the great entertainment and product unveils that we have planned all weekend long uh, from Thursday, June 18th to uh, Saturday, June 20th. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun time, and we want you all to participate. So we'll see you there. Uh, you can follow me. I'm at Greg Tito. I will be able to answer whatever questions I can leading up to uh, when we unveil everything on June 18th. But uh, you know, you can also just follow along on our Instagram platform, uh, wizards underscore DND, as well as on Twitter and Facebook. 
uh, and our new Discord server, well, which we will have information on how that can all happen. Uh, thanks again to my co-host who was unable to make it today, Shelly Mazanoble. She is amazing as always. I like to lift her up even when she is not here. You can follow her at Shelly Moo. And I also, you know, was inspired by her as well as Christina Ariel, former um, uh, guest here on Dragon Talk, about how to combine their love of reality television with Dungeons and Dragons. And we're finally making it happen. So uh, a big thank you to her uh, for inspiring that for Reality RP. Um, I think that's it. We are going to close out this. We'll come back with the uh, next installment of what's happening with Drunky Two-Shoes uh, after this, but I wanted to give a quick shout-out uh, to Shelly in any case. So thanks, Shelly, and uh, we'll see you next week on Dragon Talk. Thanks, everyone. Bye.